Hi y'all, happy Sunday. I hope you are having a great relaxing day. Join me in reflecting on today's gospel as we talk through the parable of the wedding feast. Um, as always, when we start praying over scripture, I would just like to start in prayer. So um, join me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, open our hearts to you. Send down your spirit. Let us receive your word, receive your son through the spirit. Teach us what you want to teach us through this time. Reveal what you want to reveal to us during this time. Help us understand you. Help us grow closer to you. Help us to receive your love a little bit more through through this. We just ask you to be with us, Mama Mary. Teach us to pray. Teach us to listen and open our hearts to your Holy Spirit. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus again in reply spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be like a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared a banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away. One to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold on his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroy those murderers and burn their city. Then he said to his servants, the feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there dressed in a wedding garment. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. He said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. I want to start from the top. Um, when, you know, we hear parables and Jesus says in Matthew 20, 22, 1, says Jesus again in reply spoke to them in parables. Jesus spoke to them in parables and he speaks to us in parables because that is the way that we can receive the Lord appropriately. That is the way that our human minds can relate to Jesus in our own worldly examples. And a lot of times we see that Jesus uses our situations or uses our friends or our um, people around us to speak to us because Sometimes we need that as humans for Jesus to speak to us in that way. 
And so he did that whenever he was on earth too with all of his disciples and the people that he spoke to. He spoke to them in a way that related to them, in a way that they would understand what he was trying to say. So when we read these, we have to kind of put it in context of their culture and all of that. Um, but it's it's funny how these parables still can apply to us, even though we're we're not in this time where we have these wedding feasts and all of that. I mean, we do, but... So Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven. So he starts by saying, let me tell you, the kingdom of heaven will be like... And he goes on telling a story. He says, the kingdom of heaven will be like a king. A king who is wanting to throw a wedding feast for his son. He's so excited for his son and he wants everybody to come. He, he picked his best calf. He prepared this wonderful feast. In the first reading, we I didn't read it, but the the first reading or the second reading, I can't remember, talks about you know the finest wine, the finest food, inviting people to this fine feast. And this is no different that Jesus, uh, this king here, is so excited and wants everyone to come, and he tells his servants, "Go out, tell everybody to come." So they went. But they refused to come. One of them just went back to his farm. One of them went back to his business. Probably in our world, went back to our distractions. Something Jesus comes to us and is saying, Hey, look at this. Look at what I prepared for you. Look how great. Come. And we refuse. We go back and we fall back into our businesses, into our house, our farms, our distractions, things that are comfortable to us. Some of them got angry, got jealous, maybe, I don't know, and killed the messengers. Maybe these servants were going and were speaking of this king and kept asking, kept asking, and these these people, these murderers, these ill intentions, one, either got jealous, two, didn't want the, the world to see what the king had to offer, or three, just got irritated and acted out of anger to leave me alone and killed them. So then the king got angry and he went and sought justice for for those. Then he said to his servants, the feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. So the king finds himself in a place where he prepared this for all of these guests and nobody wanted to come. So what are we going to do? So then he says, go out therefore into the main roads and invite the feast to whomever you find. Good and bad alike. This one's a hard one for me to understand. Because it's hard for me to understand why this king and what Jesus is trying to tell us of why this king went out to a certain a certain set of people and they weren't worthy 
they didn't come. And then the king went out to the people in the streets and said, come, all of you. Almost like they were second choice. I'm not really sure. So go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike. And the hall was filled with guests. Maybe what it's saying here is, the king went out and the servants went out and, and brought told everyone. And it filled the hall with guests. And maybe it looked full and maybe the king was happy with how many people were there. But he comes to find out that not everybody there was worthy to be there. They were there, but they weren't worthy to be there. But what, how I relate to that is, you know, good and bad alike, the invitation was sent out to everyone everyone to come whether whether they were good or bad whether they were on the street or in a house whether they had money or they didn't have money but kind of skipping over that that piece of it um this is what it this is what drew me in so this is the hall was filled with all these guests but when the king came in to meet the guest he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. He wasn't dressed appropriate for this feast. And back then the culture was so precise. Like there was a, a ritual to how to celebrate a wedding feast. And this man was not dressed appropriately. He probably knew better. But what got me is that the king said to him, he said, my friend, my friend, my friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? And then he says, but he was reduced to silence. And that piece triggered a thought. You know, sometimes we read things and we hear it so often that we forget what we don't really realize what it, it means. At least I don't. And that is. Matthew twenty two twelve, he said to him, my friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. So I picked up my phone and I, I, I Google searched reduced to silence. What does reduced to silence mean? And some of you that might be a lot smarter than me knows what that means. But I didn't, I mean, I knew of it, but as I was reading it, it made so much sense in it. It triggered something in my heart. Reduced to silence means that someone is silent and can't speak out of self-disappointment. Or they they have no words. Like they're caught off guard. They they can't, they they don't have anything to say. And what I thought was so interesting here is the king goes to this man that he invited. That he probably knows because it sounds like he knows him. He says, my friend, my friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? So this tells me that the king, it sounds like the king is disappointed, is saddened 
to ask this man this. And further, it sounds like the man receiving this from the king immediately feels self-disappointment. Because he didn't have anything to say. Then the king said to his attendants, bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Wailing and grinding of teeth goes back to Revelation and it's a, a depiction of what hell is going to be like. And so reading this, this, the very end of this, after Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, remember Jesus is telling us the kingdom of heaven is going to be like this and he tells us this story. And what stuck out to me is at the end, the king approaches his friend, disappointed, saddened, maybe have so much pity, so much sadness, to say, why didn't you come dressed appropriately? Why aren't you prepared? And this man that's receiving this from the king is probably full of self-disappointment. I don't, I don't know what else to say. He's just saddened probably by his own choices and immediately knows that he disappointed the king. And he probably immediately knows that his time is up. And then the king casts him out into the darkness. What's interesting is that we forget that the Lord is a just God. Oh, how merciful he is. He's so merciful. He's so merciful, but he's also just. And we have to remember that if we don't come prepared, no matter how much we are friends with Jesus and with God, no matter how much we know him, if we don't come prepared to the wedding feast with all the sadness and disappointment and pity, the Lord still might cast us out into the darkness because we chose that for ourselves. And, you know, Jesus loves us so much that he gives us free will. And he does that so that we can freely choose him because if Jesus came to us with all his power and all his glory, we and revealed to us all at once how good and how powerful he is, we wouldn't have the freedom to say yes to him. But he invites us to have a relationship with him and get to know him on these personal levels and these parable forms so that we have the freedom to slowly say yes to him. And because he loves us so much, he gives us this free will that we still have the ability to choose to not be prepared. And even though Jesus loves us more than anything, he still He still is a just God and he still might have to make these decisions like the king. But what I really what I really take away from this is that in that moment where the man was affronted by this the king, 
that man was immediately sorry. At least that's how it struck me. So what are we going to do to make sure that we are prepared for the wedding feast? The last verse says, many are invited, but few are chosen. We're all invited, but we have to decide if we, if we want, if we want to be worthy of it. If we want to go to the wedding feast and and get into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus has so much he wants to offer to us. He wants to, God has this, this wedding feast that he wants. He can't wait to celebrate his son. He can't wait to invite us to this feast and to the kingdom of heaven. And to give us all the good things, the best that he has to offer. The best food, the best wine he has to offer. But we have to do our part. And that really struck, it really speaks to me in this time where um, I feel the Lord calling me to just take additional steps to put him at the forefront of my, my day and my life. And um, I guess maybe that's why it hits home because I might know what I need to do to be prepared for the wedding feast. I might know what the Lord's asking me, but I find that I find myself going back to my form or going back to my businesses or getting angry about things that the Lord's asking me to do. So I might know what it is and I do know what he's asking me, but more times than not, I find myself like these people in the first first section of it where I go back to what's comfortable So I just invite you to reflect on today's gospel um, and ask the Lord how this speaks to you. It might speak to you completely different, and that's okay. I invite you to think about how the Lord is inviting you um, or where, like what feast is he inviting you to and how you can work to be prepared for when that invitation comes. Thank you, Jesus, for pouring into our hearts, pouring into my heart, and um, revealing to us revealing to us what, what we need to do in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. We ask you to continue to form our hearts and allow us to grow deeper and closer to you. Don't allow us to go, to continue to go back to what's comfortable. Help us to to keep stepping out of our comfort zones and to keep searching and um, fighting for for what we know is true and right and help us to love you more and love our neighbor more and we just thank you for this time i thank you lord for this opportunity i thank you for everyone that's listening um, i pray for everyone that's listening that you can meet them where they are right now and all of their struggles all their hurt and their joy and their happiness 
Lord, I pray that every day they might just be converted a little bit more to you and love you a little bit deeper. Thank you for this. Um, Thank you for listening to me (laughs) talk. Um, Have a happy Sunday. And let me know if you like this and want more gospel reflections. Um, Until next time. Bye.